Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning in from home. My name is James Porcelli and welcome to episode number 18 of Ruthless Talk. Now I know I stated on uh, last episode, episode 17, um, that Brian was not going to be um, being able to do this episode today. And he's not. He's not here. Um, no, and I know usually when I do episodes when Brian is not here um, is when I do from audio format, usually audio format only. But today your boy decided to do something just a little bit differently. So today you get to see me and my beautiful face once again. <laughs> so, but yeah, so just doing a little things differently, especially with today being another edition of our top five wrestlers of the week. Brian has sent me his top five wrestlers this week, and we will go over those once we are done reviewing SmackDown since today is Saturday. Uh, for most of you, you guys probably won't watch this until Sunday because <laughs> this probably episode probably will not be published until uh, later tonight anyway. But uh, but today is Saturday, and we are going to be talking some Friday night SmackDown uh, that happened uh, yesterday, which was uh, February 10th, 2023. So, yes, we will be uh, doing our top five list at the end of this review. Brian has sent me his top five list, um, and not much to really say in a cold open, man. We're kind of going to just jump straight into it, just jump straight into this episode and yeah, man, let's just uh, let's just jump right into it, man. Um, Friday night SmackDown, February tenth, twenty twenty three. Our number one started off with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman starts the show off, man. Um, he states, uh, "Sami Zayn is not in. Uh, it's not in the arena. The arena, by the way, they were in. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. In Uncastville, Uncastville." Connecticut in the Mohegan Sun, Mohegan Sun Arena, I believe the the venue was called. Um, so yeah, Paul Heyman states that uh, Sami Zayn is not here. He's like, spoiler alert, Sami Zayn is not here. Um, and then he kind of talks about Cody Rhodes uh, for a few moments as well. You know, he goes into Cody and their exchange that they had on Monday, by the way, which was done just so, just so, so well done. Uh, you know, if you guys have heard previous episodes, you guys know how much we we feel uh, how we felt about that exchange, about that, ex about that segment, uh, the statistics and the facts also show that even many others were as well. It was the highest quarterly hour segment of Monday Night Raw, which had over two plus million viewers in that third hour. So, like I said, we can't, you know, you know, emphasize enough praise about that segment. But anyway, talking a lot about that segment um, with Cody Rhodes was Paul Heyman. Um, you know, just doing his thing, doing his shtick, man. And Sami Zayn does show up. He shows up behind Paul Heyman, reveals, takes off the hood and all, takes off the nice new shirt that he's got. He's got new merch and all. He's got the Sami, he's got the Uso crossed out and it's covered up in tape with Zayn. I freaking love it. Um, yeah, and then, uh, and Paul Heyman, you could see he's now he's getting nervous. He turns around and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he gets he's starting to get really, really nervous now. But, you know, Heyman and all Sane does is just he extends his hand, he extends his hand for the microphone. And um, 
Yeah, and, and and Heyman Heyman gives it to him, but he's very cautious. He's like, I don't trust you. I feel like you're about to like snap my neck in like two seconds. Um, and yeah, Sammy Sammy Zayn gets on the microphone, and he says, he's like, look, Paul. He's like, look, I'm not, you know, relaxed. He's like, I could see you're sweating. I could see your, I could, you know, the the look on your face says it all. I, I'm not, I'm not going to hurt you. He's like, you know, if I wanted to hurt you, I would have done it already. I would have done it by now. You know, and he pretty much comes out there. He just he sends the message. He's listen, you know, he's like, and I, I I might understand why you're out here, Paul. You know, I understand why you're out here alone. You know, you have no Usos. You have no solo. He's like, you know, why is that? You know, and I think and he says, like, you know, you all of you guys know as well as I know and as well as all of these people know, Roman Reigns and his days as champion are numbered. They are coming to an end. Um. And he starts like making fun of Paul. He's like, uh, it's like, yeah, the way you look at, uh, by the way, the way you look at Roman Reigns is, uh, it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's, and it's fun. I love the fact that he mentions this because we've always said like the facial expressions that Paul Heyman gives with, uh, with Roman Reigns, I think is just absolutely hysterical. It's like, he's looking at him as like, he's literally like a God, <laughs> like he's like this, like, he's like this Lord and savior. I get and it's in the way that Sami Zayn, uh, brought this up and his delivery was just it, it it got a crack out of me so yeah and he just goes on he says listen you know you know roman reigns has eight days left he's like he's got eight days left as champion you know he's like and you don't have to uh you know well first off before he, he delivers that line he's like look he's like he's got eight days until his days as champion are numbered and then um you know paul extends his hand um it seems like to ask for the microphone back and uh, Sami Zayn, instead of giving him the microphone, he kind of just aggressively like hugs Paul Heyman really closely. And he's speaking closely into his ear and he's, and he tells him, he says, you know, tell Roman, he doesn't, he doesn't need to worry about Cody because I will be the one to take him down. Kind of similar, kind of a similar exchange that Cody had with Heyman um, on Monday. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, gives that, gives that, that warning, uh, to the tribal chief Roman reigns through, through Heyman. And yeah, that is the opening segment. That is the opening segment, you know? Um, and I, and Heyman also mentioned this as well. He's like, listen, he's like, without these titles, you know, mentioning, you know, he's holding both of the titles, the, the WWE and the undisputed championship. He's like, listen, without these titles, there's no bloodline. There's no Paul Heyman. And, you know, there's no Roman Reigns. You know, these titles mean everything to this faction, to this group, to this family, to Roman Reigns himself. So, you know, and it's like Roman Reigns said last week, you know, the 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 urgency, you know, is is really needed right now as we as we get closer and closer to mania. Um, so, yeah, def a really good segment. Uh, it, it's it's funny because we never get to see. Uh, we never get to see Sami Zayn in this type of setting, you know, Sami Zayn, like he, he's legit cutting a, a straight up baby face promo. So this was definitely, you know, kind of a similar promo that you've seen. If you've watched NXT, the black and gold days and way, way in the past, kind of a similar promo, what Sami Zayn would used to cut. We haven't seen that in a very long time from Sami Zayn. So definitely. And it was, and it was really good to see. Um, and, and I like it, man. You know, 
it's it's definitely um it's it's definitely really going to be interesting we stay me and brian have have said this many times you know it's really going to be interesting to see how all of this goes down um at at the chamber um you know how just just how everything just goes down how they book this match you know who ends up winning this match you know because you know you guys know we've also stated this before you know roman reigns needs to walk into wrestlemania as as champion it just needs to happen i mean you can't have this two two plus year title reign just end at an elimination chamber while at the same time Sami Zayn is catching so much fire and so much momentum at the right time and yeah it's because here's the thing like if Sami Zayn loses you know is this just going to lead to him being in a tag team with Kevin Owens and is that going to have the same type of steam who knows but regardless of all of that this segment um you know I always talk about start the segment hot with it with a storyline and what better way to start off than with Heyman than with um with Roman, even though Roman was not there tonight, Sami Zayn and this entire storyline, even though Roman was not there, um, still that momentum is just still continuing to build because everybody outside of Roman Reigns is doing their part. And it's just so, so good to see. Um, and Paul Heyman, like th this dude is just, <laughs> this dude is so freaking good. This guy, he's made me laugh. He's made me cry and he's made me invested all in one freaking week. <laughs> like it's, 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 it's insane. It's like this dude, Heyman, Paul Heyman. I mean, if you guys know Heyman from way, way back, like his early on days with ECW and every, and all of the above and everything in between, you guys know how good this guy is. You guys know how he can just elevate superstars and elevate a storyline. Um, when called upon. Um, so Paul Heyman deserves so much kudos um, without this, with this entire, entire storyline, um, you know, so well, I like it. I like the fact that you, you know, again, give me invested right from the jump. I always say that with every single show, you know, get me invested right from the jump and what better way than with Heyman, Sami Zayn and this entire bloodline uh, storyline. So nice, solid start to the show overall. First match, we go into uh, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus versus Hit Row. Match time, guys, was literally under three minutes. Um, this was no better than just, I mean, if you were going to have a match in under three minutes, guys, you 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 could have just had an, local jobbers from the state of uh, Connecticut just go out there and take a simplistic L. I, I don't know what this does for Hit Row. It just makes them look more like chumps if they're not already chumps. Um, yeah, just not not a fan of this, and and I, and I don't understand this pairing between Drew and Sheamus. It, it makes no sense to me at all. I mean, Drew McIntyre, guys, think think about this for a second. Drew McIntyre literally went from winning world titles just a couple years ago, winning the WWE Championship. Unfortunately, in front of nobody, but still in that main event scene, he won the Royal Rumble. You heard the pop and the, the crowd was so heavily behind him. And now he's just, he's lost in the shuffle and he's just thrown into this, into this weird tag team with Sheamus and Sheamus, you know, Sheamus is just as talented um, or if not more talented than Drew McIntyre. And yet he is and even him being in this tag team just gets him lost in the shuffle. And it's just so odd. Again, I don't even think top dollar from Hit Row 
top dollar, I should say, excuse me, <laughs> um, was even tagged into this match. I mean, and just in the snap of a finger, this, this match was over. Um, this, the, the match started off with Drew just hitting a devastating, a devastating, uh, uh, headbutt to Adonis to start the match. Just right from the jump, there was like a little bit of like a little back and forth between Adonis and, uh, and Drew and just Drew just headbutts the shit out of him. Um, yeah. So Drew hits top dollar with the Claymore. Sheamus hits, uh, Adonis with the broad kick and yeah, they win the match in under three minutes. The Viking Raiders are up on the Tron pretty much sending a message, um, to Drew and Sheamus about next week, getting their, I guess their revenge or something. Guys, I don't know this, this whole thing between them is just odd. Um, I, I don't understand. Uh, what we're doing. I mean, the, I mean, guys, you, again, I, I go back to what I said earlier about Drew McIntyre. I mean, this, I mean, this is, is this seriously what we're doing with Drew McIntyre? Like, I mean, you, you could just have this guy be on his own, right. And just try to give him that same type of momentum that he had three years ago when he won the Royal Rumble. Same with Sheamus. Sheamus, you know, he's, he's a, he's a 10 year plus vet. I mean, he can clearly still go gives, give him something. Why is so like, again? And like, and what is this leading to? Right? Like, so they're going to have another match with the Viking Raiders. Honestly, at this point, just get the freaking match out of the way and, and just be done with it. Because obviously this is already a mess already. Um, and just be done with it. But, but outside of that, like, what is this leading to again, guys, are we leading to Seamus and Drew McIntyre in another match in another feud? We just, we, we've been seeing these two feud for at least the past, I want to say two plus years, nonstop. They've been a team. They've been feuding. Then then they've been back as a team. Now they're feuding again. Like the, the, again, redundancy, just every single week with these two, for some reason, this company just wants to continue to put Drew McIntyre and Sheamus together. And it's just, nobody's invested. They're just in these weird, just in these weird matches and these weird spots and segments. And it's not doing, it's not doing them any good. It just isn't um, just makes absolutely no sense. And hit row is just, they're probably, they're pretty much a few matches, few more losses away just from being pretty much just straight clowns. Um, and it's a shame because I like hit row. I want to see hit row succeed, but um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know what this is doing for anybody. And then you have the Viking Raiders guys. I mean, the Viking Raiders. I mean, can, do you remember guys in NXT as well? These guys were the war machine like this. That was a, that was a legit like team that had so much momentum, even when they were the war Raiders as well, the war Raiders in NXT. And then when they got, and as soon as they, got to the main roster they've had name change after name change they've been 50 50 booked and they don't feel special because one week they come back they make a big return and they're beating people up the next week they're just retreating to the back they're losing a match they're losing a singles match then they're losing another tag team match nobody feels special nobody and and that includes the viking raiders viking raiders have been 50 50 booked better than anybody and it's a shame, man. You know, I know Brian stated this as well. You know, he's high on the Viking Raiders. They can be a legit team, you know, and it's and it sucks because, you know, you add this layer to Sarah Logan, who Va, Va Hala, Van, Van Halen, Van Hala, whatever the fuck her name is. You add her into the mix and they just, they're, they're, they're just the same as 
as they were before she joined them. Just, just the truth, man. You know, if you're being honest with yourself. You guys know I'm right. But again, just kind of honestly a waste of time. Um, I, I don't know what this does for, doesn't really do anything for Elimination Chamber, doesn't do anything for any of these, doesn't do anything for Drew, Sheamus, or Hit Row at all. And just, like I mentioned, a waste of time. Up next was a um, jobber match with Lacey Evans. So Lacey Evans, uh, you know, showcasing her superstardom um, in this match. Um, and, and I'm going to get to Lacey Evans in a second because you, you guys might be shocked of how I how I review her match. But uh, uh, during commercial, and this has been going on uh, um, usually throughout, at least through into the second hour, uh, Jimmy is backstage trying to get a hold of uh, of Jay. You know, they have a tag match later in the night. And, you know, there's there was, uh, you know, questions. Is, is Jay even going to show up? If Jay doesn't show up, does Jimmy just defend the titles on his own? to solo defend the titles with him. And well, we found out beginning of the show solo's not there. So, you know, so that, so it's a big question, you know, he's trying to get in contact with him and he can't get a hold of him. He's trying to, you know, he's backstage on his phone. Um, and I, and again, I, I like it because it's, it's the, it's the, it's the realism of the situation. I mean, think about it guys. If you're, if your partner, your own brother is not responding to you and you guys, and you're supposed to have a match and within, Within hours, within minutes, you're, you're going to be pretty frantic and on the phone and being like, dude, where the hell are you? <laughs> um, you know, and, and it's and of course, uh, before tonight, we haven't heard anything from Jay since uh, since the Rumble, since he pretty much walked out of his family and uh, his brother and, and, and Roman and everybody from the bloodline. So um, so, again, I like the fact that, you know, they're going backstage to Jimmy and he's he's, you know, the the urgency now is kind of kicking in the, 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 um, the pressure or the, the blood is starting to boil like that. He's going to have to go out there on his own. I like it, man. I did Like I said, it brings somewhat interest to a tag match on SmackDown. And you guys know how much I can't stand title matches. Just always every single week being thrown onto the middle of your weekly show. But in this aspect, I like it. And at least gets people intrigued. And of course, what better storyline than than the bloodline and Sami Zayn and everyone involved? So um, definitely like that for sure. So yeah, Lacey Evans um, next match against some local jobber from Jobberville in the state of uh, in the state of Connecticut. Um, match ends in two and a half minutes. She wins via the women's right, and then the Cobra Clutch for. Uh, for the W and that was pretty much it. Now, look, I'm, I'm actually a fan of jobber matches. I've stated this um, for months, for months on months, having this platform, even on my Instagram and on my Facebook, if you guys are are on our, uh, our Facebook page and on our, our Instagram following on our Instagram. Um, you know, I always state that jobber matches are needed. They are tremendously needed. You know, how many times have we've always just seen superstar a superstar B in a match on a raw or a SmackDown? Or even, hell, I'll go over to AEW Dynamite. We see a shit ton of those. <laughs> if you guys see the last episode, you guys know how I feel about that situation and where that company is. But we'll get to them in uh, in in, uh, in just a second or or another time. Uh, different story for a different day, I should say. But yeah, it's, you know, because 
what you have the match between superstar a and superstar b and they what they just have the rematch at the pay-per-view and it's just like it doesn't feel special because we've already seen the match so what else is going to be different that we haven't already seen so you want to keep everybody feeling special you know you have a superstar go out there and beat a local talent from whatever state or whatever town they're in beat the living shit out of them and that's guys that's how you build stars and it does no harm no foul because no superstar on your roster is having to take an l and i like that a lot this booking guys honestly from Lacey Evans and I, this might be an unpopular take here, but I think Lacey Evans um, has been doing very well. I know it's the shock, right? I, there's a lot of you guys that are shocked when I say that, but it's true. I, I think she's doing well now, regardless of how, how this goes remains to be seen. But I think Lacey Evans is uh, um, has done, has done well. And I, again, there's a place for her. Like I always mention about, a lot of superstars and, you know, wrestlers, you name it in between that they have a place in the company. Um, it's just as long as she's just not thrusted in the main event picture, just in the snap of a finger, you know, and, and you know, when, when it, if it's in that type of situation, then it's like, okay, what are we doing here? Um, but as long as they have something for Lacey Evans long-term, of course, if you're just going to throw her in with jobber after jobber after jobber with no, long-term plan then that's a different story but at least in this case if you're going to showcase Lacey Evans if that is the route that you're going then fine then give me a reason to care about her right like I always say this about every wrestler I want to see every single wrestler succeed I want to get invested with every wrestler and I truly mean that so if if Lacey Evans is the one that you want to push to get over with the crowd then give me a reason. If you're going to have her th thrown in there with a jobber to just for her to beat the shit out of, I'm on board with that, man. And then just build a story, get her involved in a story with another wrestler, then get her onto a pay-per-view against that wrestler and go from there. That's a crazy concept, right? So, and, and I, and before I move on to this next segment, you know, I, this is the type of booking, guys, that Ronda Rousey should have gotten since day one. Since day one. You know, she goes in there. She beats up a bunch of, she showcased her physicality, you know, because like I said, you know, Ronda Rousey, she's all, she's, she's all about very little talk and all action, right? She's an MMA fighter. She is a legit badass. You know, that's how you should book Ronda Rousey. The way that Lacey Evans is booked right now, guys, has is what Ronda Rousey should have been booked since day one. Um, and it's funny, speaking of Ronda Rousey, um, spoiler alert, um, she makes uh, she makes a return last night, but we'll get to her. That's I believe uh, that was in the second hour, but we'll get to her in just a few short minutes. But yeah, Lacey Evans, regardless, you know, I understand if people are not on board with this, they're just like, this was a waste of time, and I hear you, but just know this, guys, jobber matches are needed, they are what help build stars and larger than life characters. And it starts with jobber matches with little things like this. And if you have a long-term plan, then, you know, you tell the story, you have them something for long-term, then it works. It works for Lacey Evans and it could work for anybody. Backstage, Jimmy Uso and Paul Heyman. Uh, once again, Jimmy Uso, he's trying to call up Jay, seeing where he is. Um <laughs> 
Heyman is uh Heyman's like freaking out. He's like, he's like, I was just I I forgot what he referenced Sami Zayn. He's like, did you not just see what happened out there? Like, where where were you? Like, like, what are you doing? And Jimmy's like, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm calling Jay. I I we got a tag match. I don't know where he is. <laughs> just the the interaction I thought was funny. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. I thought it was, that a little interaction just for a few seconds, I thought was really um uh, was really, really cool to see. Yeah, and then he goes on to he's like, listen, he's like, I've been calling Jay, I've been texting him, I've DM'd him in the, on his social, nothing. And now Jim, and now it's kind of sinking in that Jimmy's gonna have to defend on his own. He actually turns to Heyman. He's like, wait, you're here. Why don't you just come out and defend these titles with me? And Paul Heyman's like, uh, no, you're gonna have to do this on your own, pal. Um, and Jimmy's just like, all right. He's like, well, but you know what? And he's like, if I know my brother well enough, he'll be there. Like he, he will be there. Like, believe that. Um, no, no pun intended to the, to the older, the old version, the old character of Roman Reigns. If you guys know that, uh, if you guys know that line, that, that catchphrase, you guys know what I'm talking about, but yeah. And yeah, man, we go into, um, and again, I like, I like these backstage segments. I always say that, um, I always say that all the time about a storyline, like lead, Tell a story throughout your show and get me invested throughout the later of the night. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, start the show off with a story, continue that story, and then end it with a nice cliffhanger. That way, here's a crazy concept. Makes me want to tune in next week. You know what I mean? It's it, that it's, it's, it's plain and simple. It's well, yeah, I, I, I shouldn't say it's plain and simple, but. It, it kind of is like pro professional wrestling 101. It's, it's simple. Like you guys in this, this is the thing with booking, right? I, you don't have to just move mountains in order to get good booking. As long as it's just simple, I'll take the most simplistic thing you have. If it makes sense for both wrestler a and B in a storyline, I am on board. You know what I mean? So, so again, I like the, like the interaction, Jimmy Uso, and Paul, tremendous job. And of course, this isn't the last of them uh, we see of these two um, in the show. But we'll get into the we'll get into those two again in just uh, just a few minutes. Backstage is uh, Sonia Deville and Adam Pierce. Uh, Sonia Deville, she's uh, going to Adam Pierce and pretty much complaining why she's not in the in the elimination chamber match. And you know, Pierce is like, "Listen, you've had title match after title match now." Um, you know, you've had your opportunities. Chelsea Green walks in. Guys, Chelsea Green is hilarious. <laughs> if you guys are on our Facebook group, I stated this. Excuse me. I stated this like she is pulling off this character, this Karen type of character where everything just revolves around her and where you know she thinks like she's this this huge star. She's just been doing such a tremendous job, and I and I can't uh, I can't give her enough praise for what for what she's given. She's done a tremendous job. She's literally backstage, and she's like, she's like, I'm looking for the SmackDown manager. I want to file a complaint for the Raw general manager. <laughs> it's just, dude, there's there's something there. I like it, man. There's something there, you know she is done. She's taking this character. She's taken for what she's given and she's hitting home runs with these backstage segments. Um, now the match, of course, I have a different perspective with the match, but we'll, we'll get to that when we, uh, when we get to the match later on in the second hour, 
but yeah, just Chelsea Green, her and her, and Adam Pierce is funny. He's like, I'm the same, same. It's also me. Raw, SmackDown, it's the same person. You know this. I've 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 told you this already. <laughs> it's just getting so frustrated. Chelsea Green's like, I'm like, I'm new around here. Like, how am I supposed to know that? Just again, the interactions is funny. Um, and this pretty much just sets up and like Adam Pierce is just like enough. You know what I'm gonna do tonight? You know, you guys seem like, you know, you guys have pretty similar, you know, you guys are like two peas in a pod. You guys are similar. You guys want opportunities. You guys want this and that. Well, I'm going to put you guys in a tag match with Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez later tonight. Um, so, yeah, that is the match set for later in the night, which is Chelsea Green. Um, Sonya Deville against Liv Morgan and Raquel. So I got a lot to say about that match, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Third match. We're going now into the second hour. This was the SmackDown tag team title match. The Usos versus Braun Strowman and Ricochet. So the question was leading into this match, is Jay going to show up? Is he not going to show up? If he doesn't show up, does Jimmy Uso just defend the titles on his own? Well, he comes, Jimmy Uso, he, 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 uh, he comes out to the ring by himself. They're going through introductions. And all of a sudden, Jimmy points up to the crowd like he notices somebody in the crowd. And yeah, it's J- it's Jay Uso. Jay Uso is in the crowd. He co- he he's coming down through the crowd, um, uh, through through all the uh, through, through through the barricade. He jumps over the barricade, and yeah, J- Jay Uso returns. He is back. The first time we've seen him since the Royal Rumble. And uh, Jimmy and Jay they embrace in the ring. They hug. Um, before this match starts, we go off to, go off into commercial. So, and yeah, we officially get into this match. So match time was, was 13 minutes. Um, actually pretty solid tag match, uh, Braun Strowman, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, with Braun Strowman, you know, they're, uh, he's on and off at times, you know, there's, it's weird, right? Because Braun Strowman as of late is actually in ring wise has actually done a tremendous, a tremendous job. He actually did a very decent job in this match. And it's weird with WWE, right? The way they book Braun Strowman. It's like, there's times where we thought that Braun Strowman was going to get a big push. You know, there was like years ago, you know, they had this guy, you know, they're flipping, flipping trucks, flipping cars, you know, tearing down, freaking bill uh, billboards or whatever the fuck is around the arena looking feeling like a legit monster and then for some reason they just they they give him they give him a small push and then they push him back another few steps they give him another big push and then they bring him right back and it's it's weird because you know braun Strowman again i say this about a lot of wrestlers i'm going to say it again there is a place for braun Strowman. You know, Braun Strowman can be something in this company, you know, make him feel like a legit monster. Like, don't just throw him to the hip or attach him to the hip, I should say, with Ricochet. It's just they're not a tag team. There's no reason or no story of why they're even a team. They're just thrown together for no fucking reason. It's just it's so odd. Um but as far as this match goes, Braun Strowman, he held his own and he did his thing. And again, this was a decent tag match. Um, 
again, crowd heavily behind Jey Uso. You know, people are excited to see him. He's back. They're heavily behind him, which I don't know. I guess I have a, I, I got a different perspective. Maybe I mean, I'll, I'll talk more about that later as we get into the show. But you know, unless they maybe have a split here where J, where Jay goes against does go against the bloodline. You know, so maybe they do want to keep that those cheers and those momentums for Jay because maybe you know the writing's on the wall that that you know the bloodline is legit going to now go into another direction where Jay is just completely bombarded and been given dust boot <laughs> to the bloodline. Um, who knows? So, but yeah, the crowd, you know, cheering for Jay like he's like he's a he's a top like he's a top legit babyface in there. Um, but yeah, during this match, so Braun Strowman and, and Ricochet, they have this match one They the, they go for the similar finish. Like they did last week. Uh, Ricochet hits a, a swanton bomb off of Braun's shoulders. Jay Uso pulls Ricochet out of the ring at a two count. Um, and then the finish was a shooting star press from Ricochet. Uh, but Jay Uso made the tag. So Ricochet, um, uh, Ricochet never saw the tag being made. So he hits the shooting star press from the top rope. And then as soon as Ricochet hits that shooting star press, Jey Uso delivers the Uso splash from the top rope. Now that he is the legal competitor and they, and the Usos pick up the W uh, they pick up the W and they win this match and they retain those championships. And I believe this is now they are now, slowly but surely approaching closer close to i want to say 600 days as 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 tag champs i don't have that written in my notes but i'm pretty sure it's somewhere close to that number so yeah the usos you know obviously this was of course the right call you're not just gonna throw these throw the titles to braun and ricochet that would just be ridiculous um but for what this match was um and the fact that there was there was a lot of suspense about jay is he or is he not going to show up? It was decent. I, I didn't mind it at all. Again, you know, I, I'm still very skeptical about matches just being thrown into into the middle of your shows, which I'm not a fan. And I'm honestly surprised they even they didn't end the night with this. Now we'll understand why when we get later into this later into the show and into the into the main event. Um, but. Yeah, definitely was confused why they didn't end the, end the show with this, but but now that we know, obviously if you guys saw last night, we understood why. But as this match itself um decent, very very decent. The Usos are the Usos, man. They they are legit, legit the best tag team in this industry. It's not the Young Bucks um and it's not FTR. Unfortunately, uh, FTR has just not been booked as such. It's been the Usos because they legit, they they still keep tag team wrestling relevance because they actually, oh, I don't know. They actually, you know, they, what's the word I'm looking for? They actually know that they're not like jumping in there as non-legal competitors and just doing double moves, triple team moves, you know, like I talked about with AEW, you know, they're not, no, they're, it's an actual traditional tag match. There's a crazy concept, you know? Yes, you saw some flips, you saw some dives, but, you know, like I always say, there's a place for it. You know, don't just go in there and just deliver all these bunch of spots 
for 14 minutes with no selling and no story being told. You know, it's not doing anything for anybody, but the fact that there there is a story behind or leading into this match is why the Usos right now are the tag team. Um, and I can't say enough about the Usos and how well they have held their own with the story. And yeah, just just couldn't be just couldn't say just couldn't be more proud and, and couldn't be more happy for what they're doing in regards to continuing to build up the storyline. But yeah, and then we go into backstage as well. Backstage, you know, Usos, they're they're firing themselves up. JJ's like, listen, I told you I, I have your back. You're my brother, man. I got you. But then Jimmy says to him straight up, he's like, listen, are, are you in or are you out? Like, are you in or are you out of the bloodline now? Like, what does this mean now? Are you in or are you still out? Like, what's going on? And Jay says, look, I, I don't know yet. He's like, I don't know. And he just walks off. Um, and Paul Heyman just appears out of nowhere. He's like, is that your brother? And Jimmy's like, yeah. And he's like, and all of a sudden they had, uh, what, what else did they say? Again, I don't have this in my notes either, but they said something else. Uh, and it just ends with a yeet. And like, yeet. <laughs> Again, Paul Heyman just doing everything under the sun. He's made me laugh. He's made me cry. He's made me invested. He's got like, this, this dude has been just been killing it, bro. I mean, it's Paul Heyman. I shouldn't be shocked. Um, but yeah, Jay is still kind of conflicted. He, he still doesn't really know what he wants. He doesn't know if he's in or if he's out. And the story is still being told whether, you know, Jay decides to stay with his family or he decides to go on his own or, or, uh, be alongside Sami Zayn. Who knows, man? So, uh, next statement again, next, not, this is not the last time again, we see of Jimmy, Paul, and even Jay and Sami Zayn for that matter. Um, as now, as we get later into the show, but we'll get into those, we'll get into that again. We'll get into this, this bloodline, Sami Zayn storyline in just a few more minutes here. Uh, Natalia hits the ring, Natalia, um, shout out to Natalia, shout out to Natty. Um, she's wearing... She was wearing a hat. It was fun. The first thing I mentioned is like, what the hell is she wearing? It's actually a similar hat that I believe Jimmy uh, Neidhart um, used to wear uh, his attire with the Hart Foundation. So I'm like, oh, okay. That, I was like, I saw that. So I'm like, it looked familiar, but at the same time, I'm like, what the fuck is she wearing? Um, but yeah, so, um, but yeah, it's good to see Natalia. Um, I always have tremendous respect for Natalia, regardless of how I feel about her as a, as an in-ring performer, uh, it's always good to see Natalia. I have tremendous respect for her. Uh, yeah, she's talking Elimination Chamber. She talks about competing in her hometown in Montreal. Um, and then she mentions Shayna Baszler. She pretty much, she calls out Shayna Baszler, calling her a knockoff version of Ronda, Ronda Rousey and just talking a bunch of shit to her. Baszler interrupts. The crowd literally, uh, the crowd is literally chanting knockoff Ronda <laughs> it actually was actually kind of funny. I'm not going to lie. And Baszler interrupts. She's like, she's tired of people dismissing her accomplishments. <laughs> what accomplishments? <laughs> you had, okay, you had one run in NXT. You, you had one really good, a, a good run. But ever since you've gotten to the main roster, you've literally have been a joke. <laughs> At least how you've been booked as such. You've been rolled up. You've been you've been losing matches in less than two minutes, and this company is once again trying to sell to me. After they've booked her like a fucking clown, 
that she actually has she's she has accomplishments in this company give me a break and it's funny that she's in this segment with natalia talking about accomplishments and talking about championships while for the past several months to years all they've all they've been or how they've been doing has just been rolled up and looking like schmucks and losing matches in under two to three minutes guys that's not my opinion that's that's not how I feel in my opinion. That's a fact. If you go back and watch their matches, they're losing matches in less than two to three minutes. And if they're not getting hit with a finisher, they're getting rolled up and they're looking like geeks. They're looking like schmucks. They're looking like clowns. Um, it's a shame. You know, I spoke highly about Shayna Baszler um, last episode or last week, last, uh, last SmackDown review. I spoke highly about Shayna Baszler, how there's a, Tremendous place for Shayna Baszler. No, even though she's not the greatest technical wrestler, no, she she brings a lot of realism to her fights, and she is legit. She carries herself like a legit badass. You know that stuff matters, guys. Um, so going back to this segment, they're going back and forth. You know, uh, Baszler says, "Listen, I was winning titles and competing in this ring before Ronda Rousey. You know, I'm tired of people." saying I'm, I'm 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 living in ronda's shadow and blah 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 and guys R ronda rousey her music hits as ronda rousey makes her return to wwe the last time we saw her is when she lost that smackdown women's title to charlotte flair weeks ago um so she is back she hits the ring her and baszler kind of stare down for a few seconds and but it wasn't long until baszler just quickly cheap shots natalia and now we got a two-on-one beat down here. And then Shotzi hits the ring for a save, but to really no avail as R as Rousey and Baszler stand tall in the middle of the ring. And that is your that is your segment. Um I, guys, I this to me is just a mess. I really don't I, look, you have you bring Ronda like this is what you have for Rhonda. So what is this? So what I, I what we're getting Rousey and Baszler. Is that what we're doing? Or are we just going to continue to attach them to the hip to one? Excuse me. Attach them to the hip to one another. I, I don't know what we're doing, man. I really don't. Um, it's just they just don't feel. Listen, I, and I even and to be fair, I said from the beginning that there was a place to have Ronda and Shayna Baszler. Like it could work if you book it correctly, but it hasn't, they haven't booked it correctly. They don't feel any special as if they were on their own. Um, and it's a shame, man. These two can legit, legit be stars. If you book them such, I mean, I don't know how you ruin Ronda Rousey's booking this. This lady was once known as the baddest woman on the planet. And now she's just, she's just lost in the shuffle in this women's division. Um, you know, but, you know, but people just needed to, needed to come out of the woodworks and say, Rhonda needed to lose the title and we have to give it to Charlotte while it's been doing absolute, the title has been doing absolutely nothing. You can't tell me that Charlotte Flair and her title reign right now was any better than what Rhonda Rousey was doing. So I, I don't understand. Again, I still don't understand that aspect of it. And we're going to get to Charlotte Flair, um, later on in the show. And I think a, a, a tag match was announced for next week. It was Shotzi and Natalia versus Ronda 
and Baszler because, and I knew that's what we were getting. You saw all four of them in the ring. I'm like, okay, we're either going to get an impromptu tag or they're just going to promote the shit out of this for next week. And they're just going to just jump straight. All of them just wrestling in a match and poof, there it is. So it's nothing really much to say here. It's just a shame that just a shame that, you know, talking about Rhonda and Shayna Baszler and there's, and it's just, there's no intrigue. There's no interest. There's no, there's nothing leading to really anything unless you want to give me that what they're going to they're going to have a potential one-on-one match at, at mania or something I, or or maybe later on in the future after mania i mean I, I don't know guys i mean does anybody care right now <laughs> i mean honestly does anybody truly care um because if because they're gonna have to do a lot more than that to get me invested and that's all i'm gonna say Jey Uso is backstage and he runs into Sami Zayn. So Sami Zayn and Jay are face to face for the first time since the Rumble. Um, and a really, really good interaction between the two. I mean, Sami Zayn does pretty much most of the talking. He says, listen, he's like, look, he's like, I can't imagine what you're going through um, in regards to your situation with your family and all of that. Um, he's like, listen, you know, what you did at the Rumble, you know, standing up to or walking out pretty much. He doesn't say that just speaking hypothetically, you know, the way Jey Uso walked out, you know, not, you know, standing side by side with his family. He just walked out. He's like, listen, he's like, that meant the world to me. And, and you can tell how genuine he is. It's like, it's, it's crazy to see Sami Zayn in this setting. It's like these promos that he's cutting. We haven't seen this in a very long time, guys. And honestly, it's awesome to see, you know, if you're going to make this dude a legit threat, you know, make him feel like a legit threat. And I and, and and the way he's delivering his promos, the way he's carrying himself, um, just very well done. He's he's pulling it off just so beautifully. Can't say enough about Sami Zayn. Everything that he is getting in this in this limelight, he has deserved every bit of it. Um, and yeah, he's like, and he tells to Jay Uso, he's one on, you know, he's backstage, he's kind of making sure nobody's looking, nobody's watching. And he's like, look, we're eight days away from something huge. He's like, Roman Reigns is going down. I don't know how I'm going to do this or how this is going to happen, but Roman is losing at the Elimination Chamber. He will lose. We, he, I am taking those titles from him. And he's like, listen, you don't have to go down with the ship. You know, he's pretty much kind of, look, either go on your own or, or come side with me or whatever. Like, that's kind of pretty much the vibe that you were, or I'm pretty sure everybody was, was getting from that. And I said, listen, you don't have to go down this road. You don't have to go down this, this, this sinking ship. You know, I want you to come out the other end, you know? And he's like, listen, I don't know how, I don't know if we're ever going to talk like this again, but if the, if it is, and he looks straight dead in the eyes, he's like, Jey Uso, I acknowledge you. And he's, and he's genuine, man. And you can hear the pop from the crowd, the went with the way he said it. And and Jay is kind of like, look, man, he's like, he's he's conflicted. He's like, man, he's like, look, he's like, listen, man, you know, I you could tell that he's appreciative of him, but at the same time, he's like, he's like, man, you, you know, you know, he shouldn't be here. He's like, come on, man, get out of here with that stuff, man. He's like, you, you know, you really shouldn't be here. And and he hands his fist out for or he take or he has his fist out for a fist pump. He's like, look, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, he's like, you know, I'm but he's He's pretty much telling Jay that, like, listen, he's being serious. Like, he's like, I got your back. And 
And I want you coming out the other end. I don't, I really don't want to see you go down with the ship. Once I take this title from Roman Reigns and, and, and they give, and they give each other fist bumps and stuff. Um, got a nice little pop from the crowd too. I thought that little interaction was just really cool to see. It's just, you remember, you remember the days where they just couldn't stand each other. And again, I talk about things coming in full circle. When you see that, it's just so cool to see. And it makes you feel right. It makes you feel because it's so cool to see that these two or someone like Jay from the beginning couldn't stand Sammy. And here he is, here he is. And, and these two are, you know, they're, they're getting along, you know, they're, they're getting along regardless of what Sami Zayn did at the rumble. There's still that, at least that respect. There's still that respect that, that, um, that genuine, you know, appreciation, I guess you can say for one another. And I like it, man. I like it because, you know, we always talked about too, right? You know, where does, uh, does Sami Zayn or, or with Jay Uso, excuse me, does Jay Uso just stay on his own? Like, does, does, is there like, can he trust anybody at this point after what happened with Sammy and, 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 and his, uh, his allegiance with the bloodline, does he feel like he can trust anybody or does he actually size? stand side by side with Sammy. So this kind of answers some questions, but it, it, or it gives some answers, but still leaves some questions. Um, but yeah, like the interaction. And again, man, this is, this is what's needed. A story that is built from the start to the finish. And even without Roman, everyone is still doing their part. And it's so good to see. So good to see. We move on into the show. LA Knight is backstage and uh wasn't very long. It was I think he was in a backstage interview for like maybe 15 seconds. Pretty much saying he's looking forward, he's looking forward into the future and he's putting Bray Wyatt in the past. Um we'll see how true that is as we get into as we get closer to Mania. So it is going to be interesting. So no Bray Wyatt either was in the show. Um, I mean, as a Bray Wyatt, I mean, this is a pro Bray Wyatt platform, uh, definitely was a little bummed out, um, to see Bray Wyatt not involved, but, um, but it is going to be interesting to see if they continue this or they do seriously go their separate ways and into different feuds. So, um, yeah, um, I don't know. It's just, I really just hope that they have something for LA night. I really do. I hope that they just didn't put all their eggs into one basket with this Bray Wyatt feud. And now they're just like, okay, we don't know what to do now with LA Knight. I really hope that that's, that's not the case here. Um, but yeah, we, um, we, we shall see where that goes. Um, LA Knight is tremendous and Bray Wyatt is tremendous. And this is again, two other guys that can gen can legit carry your freaking company to new heights because they, are that good and they are that talented. And if you've seen their few together, you'll know why, or you'll understand why next match. We go into the tag match, the women's tag. It was uh Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Sonia Deville and Chelsea green match time was legit under five minutes. As I pretty much expected 
A um, lot of miscommunication between DeVille and, and, and Chelsea in this match. You know, DeVille accidentally decks Green in the face from the earring apron and then vice versa. When Green was in then the match, he, he, she accidentally decks DeVille. Liv wins via the Oblivion and then Raquel with a power slam, power slams Liv onto Chelsea Green uh, for the W as they win this match. So, um, I mean, look, they're obviously they want to keep at least somewhat momentum with Liv and Raquel as they get closer to the chamber. So it, it seems like to me that Chelsea Green is just going to be a comedic type of jobber because that's what she's coming off of right now, guys. She's She's been in what now? Two matches? Oh, technically three if you want to include the Royal Rumble. She... She was in the rumble for no more than like five than like five to ten seconds. She lost a match to Asuka, which I want to say was less than four or three minutes. And now here she is once again losing in less than four to five minutes. So yeah, no, and, and there's a lot of and I give Chelsea Green so much credit. I said this earlier in the show. Um she deserves a lot of credit. She's pulling this character off beautifully for what's given to her. But it seems like that she's just going to be treated as this comedic type of, of, uh, of jobber. And listen, and that's a place I just hope that she just, you know, they just don't make it, they just don't make it to where she's literally looking like a buffoon and that nobody can take her seriously. You know, there's a difference, guys, between having somebody be like being a comedic type of character and then just making them legit, like make them the joke, like the clown, you know? And I hope that's not the case for Chelsea because she is pulling off this 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 character, this new character she's got rocking with tremendously well. And yeah, just can't say enough enough about Chelsea Green. And I just hope that they have something for her. In regards to Liv and Raquel, um, I I I spoke this too about um about the the women the women's elimination chamber match for um uh, for the Raw Women's title is that, you know, at this point, the women who are in this match, you have uh, Carmella, you have Asuka, you have Liv Morgan, you have Raquel Rodriguez, and you have Nikki Cross. To me, it's a no-brainer. The fact that you haven't, the fact that they botched Rhea versus Bianca, at this point, Asuka has to be your move. You can't you can't sit here and tell me that you're going to try and sell a match between Bianca and Raquel Rodriguez or L Bianca versus Carmella for the 10,000th time or Bianca versus Nikki Cross where Nikki Cross has done nothing of importance in the last literally month or two um ever since she's ever since war games she hasn't done a thing so Asuka's your only answer. Asuka's legit the only option. It's, and we're going to find out because a lot of schmucks, a lot of people out there love to say that Triple H is the one in charge. He is the one in creative. Well, we're going to find out because if Triple H is really behind Asuka, if, 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 if Triple H is really booking this show, Asuka will be the one to come out of this chamber. If not, if you're going to see someone like Raquel, well, then you know that this is a Vince McMahon type of decision. And so we'll we're, we'll see, man. I like Liv. I like Raquel. You guys know how much I'm high on Liv. I think that she has tremendous potential. Raquel, 
I still need to see more of her. Um, I think, again, I think there is also a place, but to, to get a title opportunity at WrestleMania, just can't, I can't get behind that. I'm sorry. It's no shade to her. It's just, it's just the truth, man. You know, she's still very new uh, to this, to this main roster. She just is. Um, so, I mean, yeah, to me, you, you, to me, you still have to book her properly to get people invested in her, into her before you can throw a title match towards her. It just, just doesn't make sense to me, man. Next segment, we go into uh, Michael Cole in a backstage sit-down interview with Charlotte Flair. She's talking Rhea Ripley in their match at Mania that they had uh, just three years ago. So that's pretty much the story, guys. They're just building off of the fact that they faced each other three years ago in the Thunderdome. When, guys, all of this is going to do is one is going to just tarnish Rhea Ripley's character. Rhea Ripley, guys, is supposed to be a heel. That's who she's supposed to be. And she is going to get cheers after cheers after cheers because Ronda or Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, as we get closer to Mania, you know, we we talk about this with Charlotte, how she's not naturally connecting with the crowd. She has pretty much hardly any type of natural reaction with the crowd. They are going to get sick of her. And by the time do we get to we get to Mania, she's just gonna be. Like it's it's like the whole John Cena type of thing. You see, you maybe hear half cheers and half boos, and there's again not a lot of people are invested with Charlotte Flair. And if you hear crowd reactions from when she first came back to now, you guys understand where I'm coming from. And it's gonna make Rhea look like the face, where at, all it's doing it's tarnishing her her character because she's supposed to be playing the heel. But yet, I'm telling you guys, she is going to get cheered. And that's not, that does nothing but tarnish the character, you know? And, and that's why I always stated that Rhea and Bianca was the way to go. That was sitting in their lap. You had Rhea, who is the ultimate heel. Bianca, who is your top babyface in the women's division. You know, she's ran through every single Raw women's wrestler in this division but Rhea's the only one that's left it was sitting in their lap but they go to Charlotte Flair because we have to give Charlotte Flair that main event freaking that main event freaking spotlight because it's Charlotte Flair and whatever man it's just it's just frustrating it's frustrating as all hell and um you know, and I think Michael Cole, sorry, I just had a brain fart. <laughs> can can you tell like how just Charlotte Flair and the way she's booked just frustrates the hell out of me? Um, but yeah, Michael Cole goes into a question saying, you know, do you think Rhea Ripley is on her level? And this this actually just made me laugh out loud. She says, it's going to take more than three years to get on my level. <laughs> oh, whoever wrote that? Who like guys? Who the fuck wrote that shit? Is this company serious? They guys, they're legit serious. They're legit trying to sell to me that that Charlotte, like Charlotte, is legit at the mountaintop. Like she's that good. Like she's that much better than Rhea. That she's that much better than Bailey and Becky and a Sasha Banks and an Oscar. It's you know. 
according according to what they're telling us it's supposed to be it's supposed to be she's supposed to be light years ahead of these women when in reality it's they're the all of these women i just named oscar bianca sasha banks bailey becky they're just as good if not better than charlotte flair so what are you trying to sell to me like do you really think i'm a fucking idiot come on stop <laughs> i just had to laugh at that it's like who the fuck is writing this shit yeah, and she's like, listen, like on April 1st, I put her in her place once and for all. Well, wow, I I'm getting so, so invested into this match, guys. I mean, listen, I know we still have time up until Mania, but they're going to have to do a lot better than that. I understand Rhea, I think she's, uh, she posted, uh, I think she has some posts on her social that she, you know, she's taking some, I guess, some time off, a few days off with her family. So they've they've kind of maybe... I guess you could say a, like a little write off of TV before she comes back. I guess maybe she makes like a grand return back. She attacks maybe Beth. You know she's got she's got little something going on with 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 Beth Phoenix over on Monday Night Raw. Um, you know maybe they they have a return in that type of way. But um, I mean we'll see. Look, I I I'll, I always give feuds like this a chance. It's but my gut feeling is that you know. Is it going to be a good match? I, I guess. But was this, at the end of the day, was this the right decision? To me, it's not. Because you have B Bianca, who has has been doing, has been literally been busting her ass, um, being legit the top star in this women's division, and holding on to that title for almost about over a year now. And you don't, and and now she's in this weird situation where these random women like live and Raquel are are getting a title opportunity to face her and the way they're booked leading up to it and we expect them to be a legit threat to her title come on man just just come on anyway it's main event time main event we go into a fatal four-way match. This was a number one contendership for the Intercontinental title. This was Karrion Cross, Santos Escobar, Madcap Moss, and Rey Mysterio. Um, Imperium, they're watching like up in the cheap seats, like up in a in a skybox of some sort. Like, like these dudes were up high as shit. <laughs> up in the like I said, it looked like they were way up in the cheap seats or something, but they're they're watching this match. Um, Scarlett, Emma, and Selena Vega are all ringside. I was hoping we can get like them going at it on the outside. Oh my God, I was praying for that. And they didn't give it to us. I'm like, if you're going to make this match entertaining, all three of these ladies got to get involved or something. Scarlett gets involved, but there's no back and forth interaction between any, any three of them. Just very odd. It was just. It's like if you're not going to have them be any type of uh, a factor in this match, then why are they even out there? So, again, that was just odd to me. Um, again, I understand Scarlett got involved one time in this match, but still, like, you got to do more. Like, get Selena involved. Get Emma involved. Get all of them, like, face-to-face -face or, like, interact like with one or something, you know? That would to me that would have taken this match. Like, listen, I'm not a, I'm not even a fan of this match ending the night. Now, I understand after this la this final segment, 
um, we'll, we'll understand the reason why um, is that, you know, I'm just, I'm just not a fan of just, if you're going to have a manager, like people, someone like Scarlett or someone like Selena, you know, get them involved, showcase them as the manager, you know, and that does nothing but elevate someone like Santos Escobar, like a carrion cross. Um, and again, but when you throw people out like this in a fatal four way, it's just like, why does carrion need to be involved? Why does Santos es Santos Escobar guys is also still new. Like, I'm not sure why he's chasing after an intercontinental title, a mid card title. The guy is, the guy is still so new to the company. To me, it's just still too soon for him. So, yeah, I mean, let me let me go through this match, and then I'll explain my thoughts in, in detail here. Uh, Ten minutes was this match um, against Scarla. 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 Scarlet gets involved. Um, there was a botch between Escobar and Cross. I think Escobar was looking to, to clothesline Cross over the ring, and uh, Cross botched, and he's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to go underneath the ring or underneath the ring ropes. Um, so that was botched. Uh, outside of that, I thought the match, I mean, again, it's a fatal four-way circus schmaz. I, I, you guys know, like reviewing these types of matches as hard as it is, but yeah, L uh, Mad Cat Moss picks up the W with an elbow drop onto Mysterio from the top rope. And yeah, Mad Cat Moss will, will be granted an intercontinental title match, not at the elimination chamber, but next week. Because for some odd reason, the Intercontinental title just always has to be defended on a SmackDown all the freaking time. I mean, obviously, this was kind of a no-brainer. It's weird. They try to make this like as a shock factor. Like, oh, wow, Madcap won this match. Like, well, first of all, guys, if you dissect this, like, Rey Mysterio already wrestled against Gunther, so it can't be Rey. Karrion versus Gunther doesn't make any sense because they're both heels. I don't know how you would how you would book that. Same with Santos Escobar. Plus, again, guys, like I mentioned earlier, the guy is still new. Um, so yeah, so clear as day, this would have Mad Cat Boss was a definitely the right decision. But I just don't understand why you had to throw Escobar, Santos, and everyone else in this match. Oh, that's right, because you have nothing for them. Um. It's just a shame. I speak about Karrion Cross and Scarlet all the time. Those two together are freaking awesome. Regardless of how you feel about Karrion Cross guys and Scarlet, they they have the character. They have the connection to make. And if you book them properly, if you've seen NXT in the past, you guys know with good booking, it can work. You know, they have the character. They have the persona. They have everything. All they need now is proper booking. That is all they need. It's not going to help them if you just have Karrion Cross, just throw Karrion Cross into a match with Ray on the middle of a SmackDown. He gets rolled up. You throw him into a fatal four-way. He's he every other week or two, he's finally on the show. And it's not making Karrion Cross feel any more special you know i say the same same with santos as well um i just don't understand this this type of booking it makes no sense and, and then like i said instead look good for madcap i don't understand why 
The guy has been booked like a complete schmuck. He's lost to Karrion Cross multiple times. Um, and he's hardly been on the show. And in the snap of a finger, he's granted a title opportunity and he wins it. I mean, can we... It's like, how do I, like, I'm sorry. I understand if you're a fan of Madcap, but if, if you really dissect the way he's booked, what makes me think that he has a legit shot to dethrone Gunther and his title? Like, be honest. And, and, and that's, I'm just, just frustrating. Like, just build a feud properly and have this match to your pay-per-view. It's Pro Wrestling 101, man. It should not be that freaking hard, but unfortunately for this company, it seems like it is. Final segment, final segment as we go off the air, Jimmy Uso and Paul Heyman once again backstage. Uh, Heyman tells Jimmy that there's an assignment from the tribal chief Roman Reigns himself. He's like, next week, um, I want you guys, you and Jay, your brother, to stay home. I want you to stay home, stay home. Uh, to get a television perspective, quote unquote, and he's and he ends it. Paul Heyman ends with sometimes you see things on TV that you don't see when you're here live, and the show goes off the air with Jimmy Uso, kind of looking like kind of baffled, like wait, what? What? What is he? What is he talking about? Um. So yeah, the show goes off the air. So that's again. A lot of questions still. Um, we there's still questions about where this is going to go, but in a good way, right? And you see the look on Paul Heyman's face, like Paul Heyman, the way he was approaching Jimmy behind him with the smirk on his face. He he's up to something. Him and Roman, because obviously this was the words from Roman Reigns. They are up to something because I bet you guys. Roman Reigns caught or somebody caught Sami Zayn and Jey Uso talking to each other backstage. And Jimmy Uso is going to be the one to find out about it. Yeah. This is this is getting this is getting juicy, man. Like what is Jimmy Uso going to think when he sees them talk cuz that's what cuz that's what's going to happen. That's what it, at least from what I'm getting from this segment or from what Paul Heyman, his words, his facial expressions, the fact that he looks like he's up to something, that they are legit looking to just tear up this bloodline just from within. And that includes the Usos now. Legit splitting up the Usos. He's like, listen, if if any advantage I can get with, because look, because Solo, it seems like, Roman has Solo Sokoa in his hip pocket, you know, but with the Usos, you know, it, listen, if I have to split up my, my brothers as a team in order to get what I want, then, then that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I like about Roman and Paul Heyman. Both of them deserve so much credit is telling the story. And the fact that, and 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 listen and and it's funny because there was um now the reason why they're not going to be on television I actually should should point this out is that um because because they're going to be in Montreal next week is now we're about after as we go into next week it'll be um that Saturday that next day they will be in Montreal for elimination chamber and if you guys have heard 
because of Jimmy Uso and his DUI history, um, they are not allowed in the they are not allowed in Canada um, because of those allegations, because of that DUI history that Jimmy Uso has. So they've pretty this was kind of a way to, to take them off television to tell the story, which I like. Um, but here's the thing. You know, they're not allowed. Montreal, they're going to be in Canada for SmackDown. They're going to be in Canada for Elimination Chamber. So you would think that they would still have to play a part in this story. Now, I'm sure Vince, Triple H, they're going to do everything they can to to find a way to still get the Usos on television to tell this story. Um, But at least I believe for SmackDown, they are going to uh, they are going to stay home. They are not going to be. They are they are going to be off TV pretty much watching from a television perspective. Um, so that is the reason why they um, they kind of, I guess you could say, written off Jimmy Uso, I guess, for just a week um, and Jay, for that matter, um, because of those um, because of that DUI history and not allowing not being allowed to be in the country of Canada. Um, but, yeah. So that is that is your show. So it's, you know, Heyman along or Roman alongside with Heyman, they are doing the best they can to get to give Roman Reigns any advantage because, you know, Roman Reigns or Paul Heyman for that matter, they saw that interaction backstage with um with Jay Uso and Sami Zayn. And they know that they have they still have that little connection. And it's like, listen. You know, he's like, I want Jimmy's like, he's pretty, I think Roman Reigns, honestly, guys thinks, I think he's, I I think he's at that point where I don't think he can rely on Jey Uso at this point. I think at the Royal Rumble, I think his cards were shown. And I think this backstage, this backstage segment kind of put the cherry on top of it, but yet he can still find a way to, to get Jimmy Uso in his hip pocket. And the best way you do that is by exposing his brother by showing that he is with the enemy that is Sami Zayn. I fucking love this. Freaking love it. Go off of the show with the cliffhanger. I love cliffhangers. I am just ecstatic, guys, that we're even getting a cliffhanger to end the show because we rarely even get cliffhangers on this show to begin with. Um and it's needed. It's needed, you know, to to keep a show afloat and to keep people invested to tune in. I always talk about ratings, guys. I always talk about ratings and how they matter. If you see SmackDown, you know, SmackDown, you know, has, you know, they can do better. No question. Ratings can do better. You know, right now, for the most part, SmackDown has been up and down, similar to Monday Night Raw. and. You know, this past week, you know, SmackDown did pull a 2.38. You know, I think previous weeks they've been they've been up even higher than 2.5 because of this storyline, man. Because of this storyline, people need to tune in. So more hundreds of thousands of people are going to tune in because they are that invested, right? You know, so SmackDown is able to crack over that 2 million or get close to that 2.5 and beyond. Um, now, unfortunately, last week they did lose a hundred 
what was it? 165,000 viewers were lost. And that's not good, man. You know, I always bring up statistics because they matter. You know, they, they matter because that tells the fans that they are, they are not invested to see what happens later on in, in the show, you know, and, 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 but SmackDown, at least for the most part has been staying afloat. They can do better. There's no doubt it can be better. Um, but it's a start where it goes after maybe this whole feud and the storyline is over remains to be seen. Then you look over to Monday night raw, right? Monday night raw with ratings this past Monday, they were a 1.8 and they legit lost 450,000 viewers this past week. If you guys are on our Facebook page, I post about this early on this week. And again, guys, that is not good. You know, raw 30 year anniversary. They were in that first hour. You guys, we, you know, if you guys were, if you guys tune into our review for the 30 year anniversary of Monday night raw, we talked about how that first hour was just so tremendously done because they were smart. They took the bloodline from SmackDown Bray Wyatt and LA Knight from SmackDown and put it over to Monday night raw. And that was the highest rated hour of that show with over 2.6 million viewers in that show. Um, and unfortunately, as the show goes down, as the show goes on, there's a lot of people, they see that it's the, that it's still formulaic. It's still the same type of redundancy and people are just, they, they just tune off and the viewership goes down. The, the statistics, the proof is in the pudding with these statistics, guys. It's not, it's not that I'm trying to sound mean or sound harsh. It's just the fact. And we have to hold people like Triple H and Vince and this company accountable for that stuff. You know, and and there's, and there's and there's fans that want to make the ultimate excuse is Monday night football, holidays, presidential speeches, all of this nonsense that other people tune in and they want to make excuse. Well, James, that's why they're not pulling in uh, that two million viewership like you always mention. Well, well, here's the thing now, guys. Monday night football is done. Like football season is done. The Super Bowl is tomorrow. Or if you guys are watching this on Sunday, it's today. Like, what's the excuse now? <laughs> like, you should be view. You should now be pulling in without without Monday Night Football being that factor at least around a two million. And the fact that they were pulling in viewers, in in viewership, I should say, to when Monday Night Football was still going on, which is a one point seven, one point eight, even sometimes in the third hour. It's even less than that. It's a 1.5, 1.4 even. What's the excuse? There is none. Short, long story short, there is none. And that's what I mean. We've got to hold this company accountable, right? And in regards to Monday Night Raw, no Monday Night Football, no excuses. And then there's AEW. The, the, the company that just loves to put on match after match after match after match after match. And guys, they legit lost 2,000 viewers this past week. They've gone from, I believe, was they just barely cracked over 1 million two weeks ago. They barely survived over 900,000. And now this week, they pulled in 999,000 viewers. So that's what I mean, man. It's just, it's just this inconsistency is what I like to call it. And same for Monday Night Raw. It's not just AEW. It's also Monday Night Raw. It's also WWE. There's inconsistency. There has to be some consistency in storytelling and character development. 
and getting fans a reason to tune in. But if we don't call this out, guys, if we don't call it out, professional wrestling is not going to get any better. That is why I have this platform. That is why I have this microphone. That is why I'm talking to all of you and being a part of this community, being a part of the wrestling community, is that if we don't be honest, if we don't hold people accountable, then this show is not going to get any better. And the statistics, the ratings prove my point. And ladies and gentlemen, that is Friday Night SmackDown, February 20th, or February 20th, February 10th, 2023. And now it is finally time to get into our top five wrestlers of the week. So Brian has sent me over his top five list from this past or for this week, I should say. He has sent me his list and I will write down his list first and I, I will go over my list once we are done with Brian's. So uh, just to recap with this list, every single promotion in professional wrestling is free game. WWE, AEW, TNA, New Japan, you name it, manager, wrestler, everyone is free game to make this top five list. It is a fluid list. So what you see the following week on this list, it may not be the same as next week. So you always got to make sure to tune in to see what changes and what doesn't. So that is the, that is the fun, the beauty of, of doing these lists. So let's go over to Brian Thomas and his list for this week. So he does have some honorable mentions. If you are new to these lists, we do like to name some honorable mentions um, with these lists. So with Brian Thomas, he has a few honorable mentions, and that is Jay Uso is his first honorable mention, which is definitely understandable. Uh, making his big return, returning through the crowd, performing in a really good tag match for those SmackDown tag titles, like I mentioned uh, on in the show. Um, so Jey Uso, no doubt, deserves that honorable mention. I definitely hear where Brian is coming from there. And then we have Dominic, Edge, and Beth Phoenix. Now this is also something I can definitely get on board with. Guys, if you did not check the uh, the opening segment to Raw, Edge, you know, I, I said this about, about Edge and Beth, how they just bring a whole new life and energy to the show that Monday Night Raw desperately needs. And Dominic, the way he's starting to get it, and it's this character he's been he's been he's been fucking with here. Like he's this, like he's this prisoner, like he's this prisoner that served hard times. Like, you know, if you if you would have done this in the uh if you would back in, you know, in, in jail, if you would have done this, you would have gotten got. Like just always referencing times when he was in prison when he was only in there for several hours. And it's like, dude, like, who are you fooling here? I freaking love the character, man. It's really, it's growing on me. It truly is. He still has work to be done. That's there's no doubt, but he's, he's getting somewhere. So I, I definitely agree with Brian, with him being in this, uh, in this, uh, in this honorable mentions list. So yeah, as honorable mentions, Jay Uso, Dom, um, edge and Beth Phoenix. Brian Thomas and now it's time to get into his actual top five list so for Brian at number five
number five. It is Montez Ford. Montez Ford is number five. I don't know if you guys can see that. I'm just going to raise it up like this. Montez Ford is number five. So, yeah, look. Um, and and I, I stated this as well. Um, I, I, I stated this about Montez Ford on, um, on Monday Night Raw. Like this dude, at, at this point, the street profits need to be need to be split up sooner rather than later because it's clear as day that Montez Ford is ready to blossom into a superstar now um just and hopefully maybe you know now being a part of the elimination chamber um maybe there's a rub you know I know he mentioned him with the hurt business which definitely threw me for a loop when he said that this past uh this past Monday Night Raw review um, so I can understand Brian putting him at this list. I know he's very high on Montez Ford. He definitely has it. There's a soup, there's superstardom in him. And I think all he needs is just a chance, man. He just needs that proper booking and he needs, he needs that, uh, that singles push to really, to get fans invested in him because the street profits guys, let's be honest, they've hit their ceiling and, um, there's just not much more you can go with the street profits. So we'll, we'll see, but I definitely hear where Brian is coming from and I can definitely be on board with, with his decision here. So he has Montez Ford at number five. Right, so at number four for, for Brian Thomas, is Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. This definitely is something I can also get on board with as well. Paul Heyman has completely just crushed it this week. Absolutely phenomenal work on Paul Heyman's end. Um, just everything with him and Cody, the interaction between him and Cody on Monday to his work that he did on Friday Night SmackDown, which was last night. And telling, you know, the connection he had with Jimmy, the, the work doing, you know, him and Roman Reigns and just how special that connection feels. Um, just so well done for Paul Heyman. I mean, we shouldn't be shocked, guys. It's Paul Heyman. Um, so, yeah, that is that is Brian Thomas and his number fourth pick. It is Paul Heyman. If you guys have, if you guys have seen his work this past week and the and how well he has done we should not be shocked at all so and at number three for mr brian thomas is mjf is number three um you know i i mentioned this you know in yesterday's episode mjf legit carried dynamite on his shoulders on his back he's been doing that for weeks now um and he the guy is just he he is on a different level over everybody else it's just it's just unbelievable to see a guy single-handedly carry a show legitimately because that is the only thing me and Brian we spoke heavily about this outside of MJF there is legit nobody on AEW that's doing and that's getting anybody invested that's getting anybody wanting to tune in the following week MJF is doing that all by himself. And that's even with 
a storyline that's not even that captivating, but yet he is still putting on tremendous work. He cut a tremendous promo that pretty much went viral <laughs> talking about a, a high school crush named Liv and getting Liv Morgan pretty much trending on Twitter. Um, yeah, so I can definitely, definitely get on board with that. Him being over Paul Heyman, again, just, you know, just playing devil's advocate, like I mentioned uh, last time I went over uh, Brian Thomas's list a few weeks ago, just playing devil's advocate here. But still, um, definitely can understand MJF being at the top, at the top three of this list. Um, definitely, um, definitely something I can still get on board with for sure. All right, guys. And then at number two, at number two for Brian Thomas. Sami Zayn, no longer the honorary use, just Sami Zayn. Um, you know, we we said about this last week's uh, top five review list. It's going to be really hard to knock off Sami Zayn up that top one and top two list. I mean, Sami Zayn is legit that guy. I mean, he is, man. He outside of Cody Rhodes, he is legit your top, pretty much your top baby face right now. And it's going to be interesting. Um, and I didn't mention this in the review, but I really hope that Rhodes and Zane deal have their their situations with Roman separately. And I know that there was rumors about um, a triple threat at WrestleMania. I really really hope that does not happen. I hope they don't pull what they what they pulled a few years ago when they had Edge win the Rumble. Um, yeah, they had Edge win the Royal Rumble. He came back and, and won it at number one. And they had a triple threat instead of a one-on-one -on -one with Edge and Roman. I hope they don't do the same for Cody because this situation with Roman losing his title should be one-on-one, -on -one, not in a triple threat schmaz. However, that's something I could see WWE doing highly. <laughs> but anyway, with all that being said, there is no doubt Sami Zayn deserves and remains to be at top two or even for some weeks at top one of this list. He has deserved everything that he has been given and he has been just hitting home runs and grand slams for what he has been given in regards to the storyline and just can't speak enough praise about Sami and his work as of late the past few weeks. And number one. I think you guys can guess who number one is. Number one for Brian Thomas is Cody Rhodes. Um, and this really should not be a shocker. If you guys are being honest with yourself, this should not be a shocker. Um, definitely agree as well with, with Brian uh, with this decision, with this pick here. Cody Rhodes, even though like the interaction between him and Heyman Flawless, absolutely flawless. And this guy is just, he's just on a different freaking level. He has stepped up his game ever since just evolved. Evolving is the right word, I should say. Just the way he's been evolving his character and everything in between. He has just done an amazing job. And I can't say enough about Cody Rhodes and how well he has done how much he's worked his ass off to get to this moment. And it's just going to be so cool to see him and Roman once that time comes, 
them being face to face um once they get their once they get their feud started um so no doubt Rhodes deserves for this week after their inter after that amazing interaction you know Heyman you know referencing Dusty and all the people that he's trained except for Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes taking that to heart and telling the story about Heyman and how he's he gave Dusty his uh his confidence back everything about it was just so well done and Cody Rhodes legit tells a story better than most wrestlers today he is one of the best storytellers with his words better than anyone else in this industry and there's no doubt Cody Rhodes deserves um deserves number one at the top of this list so for Brian Thomas number five is Montez Ford number four is Paul Heyman number three is MJF number two is Sami Zayn and number one is Cody Rhodes that is Brian Thomas and his top five wrestlers of the week all right guys so now it is time for my list <laughs> and my honorable mentions as well because I also have um, honorable mentions uh, that I do want to name um, before I give you guys my list. So my honorable mentions uh, for this week, first off, um, and I want to give them their honorable mentions because I actually, I accidentally give them, I didn't give them the honorable mention um, last week. And that is Bailey and Becky Lynch. I actually think la the previous week, they did a tremendous, they were in a tremendous segment together. Both of them now fish, you know, getting personal with the with Seth Rollins, you know, Becky Lynch and 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 Seth Rollins, you know, family and all that stuff. Um, Bailey just delivering her lines beautifully in that segment. Becky Lynch actually feeling like an app, like a freaking badass, freaking dragging Dakota Kai to the to the stage and like legit like threatening Bailey to give her a a steel cage match. Um, regardless of how we feel about the storyline itself that segment and those two ladies deserves kudos and of course for their steel cage match this week uh they deserve their praise they deserve their kudos regardless of where we think the storyline is going to go uh they deserve their praise um my other honorable mentions as well is uh is dominic beth and edge they're also as well um same as brian thomas a part of my uh honorable mentions list dominic just doing really tremendous work especially in that opening segment on raw him yelling mommy when he getting flattened like a pancake <laughs> it's a beth phoenix hitting her with the glam slam again beth phoenix and Eng. i mentioned them just bringing a whole different life and energy to monday night raw ever since they've been back and yeah just again can't say enough praise about those three uh no doubt they deserve an honorable mention this week and then i also have chelsea green chelsea green is in this honorable mentions list even though, guys, she's technically being booked like a jobber, she, from what she's given, she is, she has really developed into this character so well. This Karen type of character, her connection and her chemistry with Adam Pierce is actually really funny and really cool to see. Um, being like, listen, you know, like who's the manager here? Like, even though she's asked Adam Pierce that like ten thousand times, and Pierce is like, listen, I'm the manager. We've we've went over this how many times now 
and Chelsea Green just doesn't bother to care or has the time to remember shit like that because she thinks she's a star and everything revolves around her. Just so, so well done. Uh, tremendous work. The backstage segments wise for her. Um, just so well done for her. And uh, yeah, she definitely deserves an honorable mention this week. And then my other two honorable mentions are from NXT. And that is JC Jade and Gigi Dolan from NXT, Toxic Attraction. If you guys haven't seen this past Tuesday, Toxic Attraction, guys, is no more. They officially split uh, last week. They pretty much did like a, like a, it was a similar type of segment to where when Shawn Michaels turned on Marty Jannetty and threw his head into the barbershop window way back in the day. They pretty much replayed this type of segment in a ding-dong hello talk show um, segment with JC Jade and JC and, and Gigi Dolan and just both women did their part tremendously. And there is actually some, and there's some intrigue to see where this, where this goes and where this feud goes. Uh, you know, I, I spoke very highly about toxic attraction for, for years now and how well that they've have, how well they've done as a team. And now we, you know, we see what they're made of now as, as singles competitors, you know, if, if they're going to sink or, sink or swim remains to be seen but as far as this week is concerned that segment if you haven't seen it man go back and watch it that segment and those two ladies deserve my respect and they deserve an honorable mention for this week and now it is time to officially get into this list so number five number five we start with the usos that is right. The Usos are number five. Guys, I mean, the Usos, I've said this many, many times, and I'm going to continue to say it. The Usos have done their part tremendously in this storyline. I mean, Jay Uso coming back. Obviously, you know, there's no doubt that I agree with, with Brian, with him, with Jay being an honorable mention. But to me, Jay and the way he's also... He's also pretty much over as well. You hear a lot of Jay Uso chants or Jay chants from the crowd. The match that they did put on, the suspense that was built towards the match, even Jimmy Uso and playing his role beautifully, you know, being worried and being concerned about, is my brother going to show up? Is he going to show up at all? Do I have to defend these titles on my own? And just everybody doing their part so well and the Usos deserve that credit. And they've been doing it better than, and, and their work with the bloodline in this storyline has been better than than most people or most wrestlers in this industry. And there's no doubt that they deserve as legit, like factually, the best tag team on this in this freaking in this freaking industry in freaking professional wrestling. They deserve this praise, and they are number four for this list at number five. Or excuse me, number four. I can't talk today. I can't, I can't count for some odd reason. Number four. Number four on this list is MJF. MJF. So now, yes, I don't have him at number three, but he does deserve to be at number four because, you know, the way I mentioned with Brian Thomas's list, he, the way he single-handedly carried the show or carry dynamite this past Wednesday deserves all the praise and all the, all the, 
the kudos that he deserves. Um, just tremendous, tremendous match with 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 Takeshka. Um, you know, I think it reminds a lot of people that MJF is actually a legit, a good wrestler and that he doesn't need to do a bunch of bullshit and dives and all that crap. Like I mentioned in last episode to entertain you on top of that, the promo that he cut the, the segment from when he was given, um, with Danielson being locked into the trainer's room and that whole spiel and MJF just playing his part beautifully. And that to me speaks volumes about how well he develops his character, regardless about how we feel about the storyline. Um, and at least there was uh, there was more for MJF. If, you know, he's your world champion, man. You know, if, as your world champion, you got to promote him on the show. You know, a match is a different story, but in storylines and in and in segments like like that, regardless of how we feel about it, you know, MJF proven has proven time and time again that he can turn chicken shit into chicken salad every single time so mjf is my number four for this week number three number three on this list you guessed it paul Heyman. i can't say enough about paul Heyman and how so fucking good this guy is um it, it's it really it's 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 so it, it was just so cool to see this dude again i i said this early on in the review in uh, for smackdown he's made me cry he's made me laugh and he's made me invested all in the same week with cody with sammy his interaction with jay uso everything this guy has delivered and how can we, and are we shocked guys? It's Paul Heyman, you know, it's, it's just, it's so good to see Paul Heyman, you know, just deliver the way he's, you know, there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to deliver and the interaction again with him, with Cody and everything in between this week with Sammy and everyone else with Jimmy deserves all the kudos in the world. And I can't speak enough praise about Heyman. He deserves to be, there's no doubt it would be a crime to take him anywhere but on this on this list. Um, it would be le legit a, a crime if he is not up here. Number two. Number two is Sammy Zayn. Again, man, Sammy Zayn deserves everything that he has been given to him creative wise he has been killing it he's been hitting home runs grand slams you name it with this storyline the the way his promo he cut how we got a different version of him like a like feeling wise like that old Sami Zayn from NXT is back like that legit baby face that can beat anybody at any given moment um i like that i like that a lot and it, again, Sami Zayn just telling the stories, interaction with Jay, and just this storyline as a whole. And I said this for weeks now. It's going to be really hard as this storyline continues into Mania to get Sami Zayn off of this, off of this top five list, um, or even off of the number one and two spots because he's been at number one and he's been at number two for countless weeks now. And I'm telling you, it's going to be hard. 
to knock him off this list because realistic, because if you're being realistic, man, there's no other slot outside of number one and two that you can put him. And that's a fact. Um, and he deserves all the praise and the kudos in the world. And at number one, number one is the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, like I mentioned in Brian's list, is the guy right now outside of Sami Zayn, Roman, Bray Wyatt, if you want to throw him in there, even though he, since Royal Rumble, he's been on and off TV. Cody Rhodes is that dude. He, alongside Edge and Beth, give Monday Night Raw a new life to the show that has been needed for months and months since he's been away. And the fact that we're finally going to see that, that moment where he does face Roman, where they do come face-to-face, face face, and he faces Roman at Mania and potentially takes that title, it's going to be such, such an awesome moment because I know for a fact, guys, Cody Rhodes is going to deliver in this, in this storyline. He has given the benefit of the doubt um, that he is going to put on his best work. And after that interaction as well with Heyman this past Monday, there's no doubt if he doesn't deserve my benefit of the doubt, I'm sure as hell he deserves the rest of your, the rest of you guys, the benefit of the doubt as well. So yeah, that is my top five list of this week. Number five is the Usos. Number four is MJF. Number three is Paul Heyman. Number two is Sami Zayn. And number one is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. And that is our top five list for this week. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this episode. This was a SmackDown review, Friday Night SmackDown, February 10th, 2023. Uh, my man, Brian, if you are watching this, shout out to you. Um, it sucks that you couldn't be on here for this review. But of course, you know, life is life and our, our schedule, our schedules are, uh, you know, they always change, you know, depending on the day and depending on the time. Um, but Brian Thomas will be back. Um, I will keep you guys updated um, if he is back for Monday Night Raw um, and also as well for AEW once we get into this coming week. So make sure you guys tune in. For episode 19 that is another monday night raw review show so make sure you guys stay tuned for that make sure you guys stay tuned for another good and the bad and the ugly when we review elimination chamber that is going to be next week a week from today a week from today is the elimination chamber and on that sunday um again for most of you who are watching this on sunday is a week from today we will be doing another good the or the good, the bad, and the ugly for the Elimination Chamber, as well as AEW Revolution. Once we get to Revolution, I believe the, uh, the date is March 5th for that pay-per-view. But with all that being said, that is going to do it for today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is James Porcelli saying salute, peace out, and take care, everybody.